and welcome to Startup Business Q&A episode 229 and I am really excited about this one on social selling. So um, I think we may have done this sometime in the past, but this is definitely a topic that needs revisiting regularly. And I think with the climate, with you know, and the kind of the situation of 2020, it makes a lot of sense to cover this topic in uh, in a time when people really need to get what they do down online. Um, those of you who are used to cold outreach, this is something new to learn, and we'll be going through a few things in terms of definitions. I'm going to be sharing some tips as well, a few other notices as well. Loads of you jumping in on Instagram. Good to see you all here. Uh, Coach Kerry K, good to see you. Uh, Anne-Marie Morello, nice to see you here as well. Leadership Locker Podcast, my man Rich, good to see you here too. Amy on ha from Hands On Approaches, nice to see you. Thanks for joining. Uh, Sharon Taled, I think is your name uh, as well. Thank you for seeing you here. So many good people. Superwoman Inc. as well. Thank you very much, Instagram, for watching right now. If you're tuning in live, put in the comments below, hashtag team live. And where you're watching from, I'd love to know. If you're watching later on, then, of course, you can put in hashtag team replay. And again, your location as well. Shout out to those of you listening on the podcast. So many people giving some really lovely reviews there. It's available on iTunes, Spotify, and so on. But also people watching, uh, listening, uh, watching the replay on IGTV as well. I thank you very much for that as well. It really means a lot to me. So thanks very much. Um, so much going on uh, on all the other platforms. We're live also <clears throat> on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook as well. So if you have a question about social selling, do jump in and add it uh, right away in here. I'm just doing uh, the odds and ends because uh, because social distancing, I can't have anyone in the room doing this kind of thing with me. I could have my family and I suppose uh, helping me out. But um, yeah, so I'm really interested in this space of social selling. But I want to give a bit of background uh, kind of all context to this. I've been uh, in the game, as they say, um, with social selling for some time now. Uh, so I originally started on Facebook back at the at the back end of 2014, um, and that is commercially using it to close consulting gigs for myself. Um, and then came probably a year or so later, probably going into 2016 was Instagram, and then um, then following in 2018 was LinkedIn. So um, as of March next year, which is not not far away, it'll be three years that I've been using. Uh, these platforms, uh, or LinkedIn rather, as a, as a content play as well. It's really helped me a lot. Um, I'm really, um, I feel like because of practicing and being being a practitioner every single day and this kind of thing, it's definitely meant that I've been able to, um, you know, really like, I've been able to really hone the craft. I've come a long way with it. There's a lot of things I knew I was doing right to begin with. When I made the pivot to LinkedIn, I just knew what I was doing was, was going was gonna to work from Facebook to LinkedIn. But I do feel that, um, the last couple of years has really come on leaps and bounds as well. <clears throat> and look, let's let's be really clear here. When you are when you are in a world which we are right now, where you have to do most of your work online, if you're in sales, going and knocking on doors, is that simply not possible during lockdowns and things like that? It really does make a lot of sense to be able to understand the world of of selling online. And people seem to think there's a lot of a lot of corporates certainly that I've experienced have this difficulty with uh, social media and platforms. They think it's all very difficult, but it doesn't have to actually be. It's actually a lot of cues you take from normal everyday life. And just what is really the core of it all is empathy. And so, so what it is, is, is thinking to yourself, what would, 
an audience member or a prospect genuinely wants to see or hear from me right now, how should I really respond, uh, you know, like send a message to them or whatever? How should I interact? And actually, you already know the answer because you either do or don't yourself. And what I'm saying here is that it's stunning the number of people who will bang out these templated emails all day uh, or DMs and they would never accept or respond to them themselves. So if you wouldn't, then chances are most others wouldn't either. So there's a few things in that I'm going to share in a minute in terms of, of some really important tips too. Um, I will um, be sharing uh, yeah, quite a lot here in terms of, of tips. But if you have any questions, this is the key part. If you have any questions on social selling, jump into the comments below and uh, do add your um, your questions for me on, on the topic itself. So absolutely crucial that you try and um, just kind of jump in with any thoughts. If you don't have questions for yourself, think about what other questions people might have too. Um, so a couple of notices before we really start. Um, thank you as I, I'm going to say, as always now, uh, it's been a few weeks already, to Restream for sponsoring this. Uh, I need good partners when it comes to things like live streams. I have to have a strong connection, sure, but I also have a decent need to have a decent platform through which I can stream, and Restream are absolutely smashing it, uh, being this partner. They've been seamless uh, so far. I'm really pr proud of uh, this, this, this agreement we've got. And next week, there'll be some really interesting giveaways there, uh, but uh, there is a continual giveaway we have uh, because of Restream using me. Uh, we, I have the or kind of the deal, if you like, for anyone watching. If you ever want to record or live stream, because you can do both. So you can, it's not just for live streaming; it's also doing interviews. You can even do your version of a Zoom chat if you like through it, or, or run you know chats and Zoom and things like that. You can do that that kind of style, style of things or record directly through Restream. And um, so I'm going to pop on the on the screen here. If you want $10 of credit, you can see it if you're live on Instagram or uh, sorry, if you're live on LinkedIn or Facebook right now, if you want credits, $10 of credit for free, you don't even need to add a coupon code. Just use that um, that URL there. So for those, those of you on Instagram, it's restream.io slash join slash Richard Moore. So Restream io slash join slash Richard Moore, and you automatically just given $10 of credit you can use, which is brilliant because it means you can actually try this kind of thing out. So thank you very much for them. Also want to shout out the Entrepreneur Business Group. Uh, there will be a giveaway later this week in that group, so make sure you're part of it. We've been running it for five years, and the, um, the Entrepreneur Business Group has something close to four and a half thousand wonderful members in there. So make sure you join everyone who's watching. If you go to facebook.com slash groups, slash entrepreneur business group or just search entrepreneur business group you'll see it in there and it's such a good community it's one of the things i'm most proud of so i hope you can join us there and uh enjoy some of the giveaways just shout out to some of the people joining in now from uh all over so we've got uh daniel nunez uh watching on facebook team live from phoenix arizona uh, you've got a question i'll come back to uh, so good to see you here as well Ginny lamarine i see you as well uh from hertfordshire yanis uh, George Coppolis from Athens, Patricia Freudenberg from New York, all the usuals, and nice to see it. Uh, nice to see you all here as well. Um, also, uh, Joanna Limo, uh, good to see you here from Stockholm. Um, Rajani Nadeb, good evening from Gaindanga in uh, India. I hope I said that right. Harvey McGibbon, it's been a while, man. I hope you're well. And you've got a good question there I will jump into now. How has 2020 and the volume of people now social selling changed things? 
I really, this is really kind of helpful for me because I do want to make a point about sales in general and just to give to give you uh, some of you a background on this if you've not followed me in the past um uh, or been aware of, of kind of my background so 18 years now i've been involved in the sales space i originally was doing cold outreach that's, that's cold calling um business to business on the telephone i was selling internet marketing and advertising back then and um you know that's the kind of job where typically you're not so well received so you need to make sure you understand what you're saying and you know have a good game i suppose so i i think what's really crucial about this is that sales has always been there and there has always i believe been an issue with people who don't give enough thought or care or interest into to the prospect they're speaking to because what you end up with is is it seems like someone who's just trying to sell and they're not really so interested in you and and that irritation has probably always been there but i do believe it's evolved i believe it's evolved because people are more used to being sold to and because of if you look at the last 15 20 years especially advertising and selling <clears throat> online becoming more of a everyday occurrence you can't go on any website like even if you go on your hotmail or your gmail there's ads all over the place so like that's that's how life is nowadays so it means that people are are, are more um bombarded is probably a decent word for by a lot of sales approaches it means there's an element of tolerance which means that buyers have evolved right what we're saying here is that if people are used to being sold to that much more they're more immune and what it also means is that um your basic techniques that possibly worked a long time ago really are up against you so i think it's a really good question here harvey the volume of people now social selling i don't have the numbers on it i would be stunned if people aren't trying it more because what's happened is people's hands have been forced it didn't happen till midway point of this year because a lot of people were kind of shutting their eyes crossing their fingers and hoping the coronavirus would pass when it became evident by you know into may that like this is it this is how it's going to be now for some time rather than we'll all be skipping back to an office soon what we did find is that without question people started pivoting to trying to do more online but the problem of course it doesn't mean that people are getting better at it it just means there's more people doing it so at the lower level of terrible approaches of selling you've probably got more people there but of course with a greater mass of people trying to sell you'll have a greater number of people trying to equip themselves with better techniques for instance and, and no doubt more people are trying to social sell and being effective in doing it as well so that'll lead me neatly into um three tips here harvey thanks very much for for sharing that there's some really uh, really valuable tips i think are worth sharing here in terms of um how to really social sell or three things that really matter number one <clears throat> which i think is massive and almost at least three or four times a week i'm getting asked people asking advice on why their approach isn't working and for, like, like, before we actually start let's look at definitions so social selling the concept is sales leveraging a social platform and we're including linkedin in this because it, it has much of the same mechanisms that the others do as well but what was really crap what's really interesting is that um for many they use the volume approach because they have volume you got a, apparently two billion users on facebook they're not active <laughs> many of them aren't real but the truth is there's two billion accounts there's 700 odd million on linkedin for instance and goodness knows how many on the likes of instagram and beyond you know TikTok has huge surge of people joining that uh, in the last 12 to 18 months as well 
So you've got huge numbers. And so the inclination for many is I'll just work the numbers. And this leads me to the first tip, which is you need to absolutely avoid confirmation bias. Um, and what this, what, this, what this is, is this idea that if you get one thing that goes right, it validates your opinion that this approach is right, that it works. And a good example of this um, is if I was to email, or no, let, let's take, if I was to DM on the social platform 50 people a day, let's say, and across a week, therefore, even if I don't weekends off, you know, 350 people are getting spammed. If I get one sale and that comes from, you know, six engagements, confirmation bias is me going, well, it works. Look, it works. 350 people end up in a deal. I got a deal this week. It's not as simple as that. What I've done is I've really irritated a lot of people. I've now been blocked by a lot of people and I may have been reported by a lot of people as well. So the upside is, is going to be a little less impressive than you might think. So you need to be clear with yourself um, that just because you might get a deal by smashing through huge volume, it doesn't mean you've got the deal yourself. It doesn't mean you sold anyone. Probably they could, would have been in the market for it anyway. But look at the fallout that's happened as well. Another, you know, it, it doesn't, it does mean that it technically it's possible to sell in these ways, but it doesn't mean it's an effective way of selling. And, you know, um, arguments, for instance, for cold calling all day, every day, suggest that if you're going to do 500, 600 dials a week, where you're dialing, you know, 100 numbers a day to try and get through essentially like a call center, and you might get, end up with one deal in a week, there's confirmation bias there. There's people, people looking for a reason why this might work. And that humongous amount of effort, getting them maybe a, you know, a couple of grand is arguably not really worth it. So what I think social selling should, should um, bring out of people is rather than technically using a platform where you're crushing through huge volumes, it can be effective if you are needing to target a large volume of people for a low ticket offering. Because you know, it makes more sense to spend your time getting a large number of people into, into your funnel. It's far better for the higher ticket offerings to be more manual. Okay, so be, to be far more individual with the people you're approaching. If I'm sending out messages to two, three, four hundred people a week and I'm trying to sell a high ticket offering, what I end up with is this concerning, uh, you know, way I'm spending my my time where I'm just trying to grab as many sets of eyeballs as possible. But all the while, everyone's like, ignore this guy, delete this guy, block this guy. And I'm actually irritating so many. And what's happening is it's diminishing the turns because I'm closing the pool or, or I'm making it smaller, the pool of potential people I might be able to reach out to. So the spammy approach may get deals in the short run, but actually, firstly, it's a tremendously unfulfilling way of working for both you and the other side. But secondly, it's less effective the bigger your proposition. So you do need to, sorry, you do need to put the work in basically. And and this is this is the issue is that most feel they don't know how, they actually do and I'll explain, um, but also most don't feel they want to because it's easy. It's easy to copy and paste a templated DM message and fire it out to 50 people a day. It's harder to spend 14 seconds just actually clicking on a profile 
checking out what they're into, seeing if there's any relevance, and then making comments and writing them something a little bit more meaningful and bespoke, uh, you know, that extra bit of time actually does translate to more sales. You are doing less volume, but you're more getting more sales. And so you're being more effective. Uh, and in, in the long run, you're being, you know, you're enjoying yourself a bit more as well because you're actually bothering to engage with people rather than grinding out the numbers. It Remember, so I'm, I'll restate this. It does work. You can create sales, but it doesn't mean that it's a good idea because you're smashing your way through so many people that the collateral damage is insane. So just gotta, you've got to bear that in mind. People that don't, don't think that they know how to do the, the kind of more bespoke approach, they do. They're overthinking what they should be saying. What would you say to someone in the street if you wanted to speak to them? If you, weren't, if you had all the time in the world as well, you didn't have to close the sale now. If you had all the time in the world, you'd simply lead in with hi, how are you doing? And find something in common, you know. If if it, and the nice thing about social platforms is you can see what this person's been up to. Have they just posted some comment, a comment on something? Have they posted a piece of content? You know, do they have anything in their profile that that is interesting where there's commonality between the two of you? So comment on that. That's what it's there for is to give you an insight into this person. So. You know, when I see this person maybe has done a talk somewhere or has done a press release if it's a business or maybe if that person has created a bit of content I found interesting or commented in some way or, or, or you know, publicly used their voice. Well, then I comment on that because that's what you would do in real life. You'd say, hey, I, I really liked how you said that. That was interesting. And your connection request for them is therefore based a bit more on some interesting actual curiosity around them as opposed to like, you know, just wanting to be connected uh, because you want to build your network any bigger. That's not particularly exciting for anyone. So it, it's it's like, it's really simple. What would you say to someone in the street that, you know, and, and suddenly when people think that way, they're like, well, I wouldn't actually pitch them things. And it's because people can't be bothered. It's all it reduces down to, they can't be bothered. And they presume if they spam out enough people, they, they will then get, you know, someone say ah oh, wonderful i need this free webinar you know what i mean so just think about that just your confirmation bias often stems from smashing huge volume um those that win i i'm really doing well with social selling and all of the the people i know who have joined my linkedin at client accelerator this is the, the kind of the program i have that specifically works on teaching this side of things they're all doing so well and actually getting real high ticket sales because they're spending more time with the individuals manually rather than spamming groups of people um, and hoping the volume approach works. It just doesn't, especially now, mostly because of this point Harvey's made rightly, that more people are spamming because it's easy. It doesn't mean it works. That's the thing. So you want to think about what's effective. Okay. Second point on social selling tips is that DMs direct messages or PMs, some people call it private messages, are a transition step. When used effectively, they're a transition step. This will lead me to the third point in a second, but they're a transition step because the first step in really good social selling is content. The second step is DMs. So you pivot from people from com content, which is you know, they're in the comments or they viewed it or they looked at it, then went to your profile. For instance, you saw that they checked you out there and um, you then pivot them to DMs. And then from DMs, you take them on on to typically for a higher ticket ticket sale, you should be doing taking them directly to um, uh, like to a phone call. Right. So so for me, 
the, it's not like go and look at my website. I mean, it could be go and look at the website. It could be here's an email, a brochure, a proposal, if you if that's how your cell needs to work. But for me, it's content, DMs, calls. That's it. Deal. <laughs> you know, and, and, and it needs to be recognized that if you use direct messages as the first or entry point step of your process, it actually, you know, well, again, how would you respond? Imagine you get a direct message from someone you don't know. You tend to be a little wary. Ah, this is probably going to be someone trying to sell me something. So unless you, if, I mean, if you are going to do it, you can see with a bit of empathy there why commonality is required. If I said, hey, I understand you're friends with Richard here. Um, I just wanted to connect as well. There's, it's much more likely I'm going to be accepted because there's something you know, a bit more um, individual about two of us, you know, so it makes uh, that, that that we can relate to. And it just is the way to do it. So your DMs have to be the transition step. So you have your your content that draws them in, DMs transition, and then the calls or, or whatever mechanism you have there afterwards, uh, which is where you do, where it's actually where you do the proper pitch uh, and close. And the third tip, these are, there's millions of tips, but the third one that I feel is really important is, and this is for those that feel that just spam, spamming through DMs is the way, I really strongly suggest that you, you really explore content. So the third tip is that content is your gravity. And gravity in the sense that that ball of wonderful, intriguing content you've created attracts people to it. So people imagine like, you know, being like a planet and it attracts these, these little meteorites or whatever, and that they're the people. So to attract an audience, great content does that. It's the same as anything. You go out into the street and start talking and saying really interesting things. People will start seeing you and being aware of you at least. And some will even gather around. There's a place in central London near Marble Arch called Speaker's Corner. And you can go there and speak and those walking past will, will be attracted to you and be interested in what you're saying. That's what happens when you speak in public if you're useful. So it's the same here, your content is gravity, it draws people in. If you have good enough content and, and focus it on what you do, or more specifically, focus it on the ecosystem that is related to the thing that you want people to pay you for, then you win. It's so amusing to me that people are posting content that is nothing to do with the world they're in, like, as in their, their professional world, and then lamenting because they're not closing any deals from it because you're not giving a pure signal out that this is what you focus on. It's so important. Content is the gravity. When people are in orbit around that content, then that is the, there's the pivot you can see to the direct messages and thereafter into um, into messages. But when you know when it's a very high uh, high sorry high volume offering, so typically a lower ticket. Of course, you need other mechanisms as well, and that's where things like ads work. But even then, great content leads to thousands of eyeballs done well, and thousands of eyeballs can certainly translate to sales uh, if you've got a good funnel process from then on. Okay, really, really important. Thank you very much, Jennifer Henderson. She says great points, Richard. Good to see you here, Sharon Falk as well, uh, watching from New Jersey. If I remember right, um, Steve Wallenhouse says remarkable work, work, Richard. Thank you very much. Yanis uh, Georgiakopoulos has asked uh, on LinkedIn, Richard, can a social media spammer who doesn't know it be convinced that they are? Firstly, <laughs> firstly, let's be clear with people um, about what's going on here. Um, some people who spam on social media don't realize 
that being that irritating and you think well how because isn't it obviously irritating they might know deep down but let's we should give people a bit of a break this sounds crazy i'm saying but we should give people a bit of a break one they're trying right and in a difficult time they're trying some people might be really desperate and two which is probably the big reason two most people don't know what they're doing they don't know how to do it i've been to very well established established sales floors in big corporates in london and even there half of them like don't have a clue what they're doing and that is because they've not been trained very well and so what you end up with is people who think they're probably doing right and it's back to that first point of of confirmation bias they maybe got a sale once or their manager may able to maybe manage to twist a few arms and get some sales in so they're doing this irritating approach but they may not know any better that's the thing they may not know it's a really bad idea. So we've got to give them a bit of a benefit of doubt to a degree, but not too much because probably they're just being irritating. And um, I think it's difficult because especially now, what you find is that a lot of the messages are automated or using VAs. And so you're not actually going to be speaking with the, with the profile owner anyway. And this is a, a real concern for many platforms at the moment because, you know, what they've got is a lot of, a lot of, um, fake spamming going on through DMs um, and it's all, all automated. So you need to watch out for, for that. And, it, you know, if anyone's considering it, I think you should be very wary because there's an increasing number of stories. This is just that I've heard uh, of people using automation and it getting accounts shut down. So I just don't think it's worth it. And I'm yet to see someone absolutely rocking it from pure automation. Um, ultimately, you'll need to interface one on one with people. I really think it's worth doing. So, it's a really interesting question. Can a social media spammer who doesn't know it be convinced that they are? I, I think they might be able to. Be, I mean, it might be interesting to, to engage with these people and say, hey, by the way, I mean, I, you know, if you want me to give you some honest feedback, I'm not responding well to this approach. Just out of interest, how would you find it? And But again, the problem is you may well be speaking just to their VA or, or to a bot that sent it. And so, they won't pay any interest anyway. You tend to find if there's a spammer, increasingly, not all of them, but increasingly, it's just automated anyway. So you're actually not speaking to someone. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. I really think that people, you know, will evolve there eventually. It will take time, but there will always be people just spamming away in the same way as, you know, there's been phone based selling probably for 50, 60 years. And still today, I will get phone calls on my landline, people trying to sell things. And it's like, what? No one does this. No one, no, no one will buy. And you, the one person that sold, was sold that, you know, after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of phone calls confirms that maybe the approach works occasionally. So they just keep throwing numbers at it. So it's a it's a strange world, but it will continue, I'm afraid. And um, Patricia Fordenberg has added optimization is key, keeping track to scale. Did you happen to read Measure What Matters by John Doerr? A great reference on objective key results. I haven't actually read that um but the premise is really crucial and the thing is in, in the, the idea of measuring things that matter in the sales process is always worth doing it's very difficult when social selling to at the right times observe what's known as vanity metrics when at sometimes they just don't matter you've got to think about what's known as the king metric the king metric or queen metric if you wish um is return on investment or is it is it a close like did you get sale and that's what matters to start with. Like, am I getting sales from what I'm doing? 
when you are good, but you need to optimize back from there. So don't just get sales and presume you're done and you're winning. You, you know, where do you optimize from there? Because it may well be that you are, you know, doing so much in order to get that one sale. Like I said, you, you may be putting too many too many dms out in out, out out there just to get one sale in a week or something like that and it's just not it's not a healthy way to do it so you need to audit and create some thresholds and if you create thresholds for each step of your process you can say to yourself well at what point you know am i am i needing to look at this part of the process or is that or if that part part of the process because for instance if my process is great content direct messages calls sales and i get no sales in a week it could be any of those components so what i need to ask myself is well how many calls and how, how many if i'm not getting any sales how many calls am i getting if i'm getting you know eight or ten phone calls fantastic that's actually really good for a high ticket offering i'm getting eight or ten phone calls organically from my content or well, probably my dm game is good and probably my content game is good but my closing's off because i have had that if i had that many shots at goal i'm missing something up or my DMs are slightly off point because maybe I'm just having phone calls with anyone, okay? If I'm not getting any phone calls, well now the metric I need to look at is, um, you know, how, how my DMs are doing. Or if I'm not even getting any direct message conversations potentially leading to a phone call, well maybe the content is off, or maybe I'm not even trying hard enough. So it could be things like that. So it's good to look at those kind of numbers rather than I'm still broke this month, how am I doing? Well, I got lots of engagement. You know, I was told this thing about how I, if I post content, I get lots of views and likes. I should get deals, right? But it doesn't work like that. It's in those instances that kind of engagement isn't particularly useful um, because it's it's not about that. And I don't go hyper viral with all my posts, and still I would put so much money on outperforming. Uh, I would outperform so many people with far greater a following. Purely because I know what to do with this, even the small amount of traffic that engages my posts, as opposed to just looking at vanity metrics. But in other occurrences, you need to be thinking like, what other numbers work. So in social selling, you need to be looking at types of content. So there's a really good point here from Patricia, because some of your um, metrics may be relating to how, how effective the post is at penetrating an audience in the first place. So if certain types of posts, it might be video or image or text or a poll or whatever, um, generate, for instance, very low um, con uh, comment engagements. So maybe I get lots of views and lots of likes and reacts. This data is kind of useful um, because it does give me some feedback. If I end up getting no um, comments, it means that maybe I've pr produced here a post where People observe, they don't stick around, they certainly don't feel compelled to write something, uh, and they pass through. And they're like, okay, that's nice, the cute, well done, and they go. So if I'm not getting, so think about what ratios you might want to be trying to achieve. You know, am I trying to do a post here that drives audience participation? If I am, I really need to work hard on creating a feeling like they should, uh, you know, engage. So at the very least, I should be asking, what do you think? what's your opinion or you know can you share something similar in the comments something along those lines will drive a level of participation that might not otherwise happen so you do need to kind of signpost what you want them to do but if it may it may be that the, the content itself is getting very little engagement altogether you need to then look at you know is it the content itself or if you genuinely feel it's decent content it's usually 
and this is one thing people don't really think about, it's usually the case with, with social selling that if your content's not getting great engagement, it's usually not terrible, uh, sorry, let me rephrase, if your content's not getting great distribution, so lots of eyeballs viewing it, it's usually not that the content's terrible. In the main, the content's usually passable. It's actually that the content is poorly distributed. There's a really great saying, which is 10% content, 90% distribution. I really stand by it. And the problem is that people do it other way around. Most people spend 90% of their resources, time and energy and effort on content and 10% on distribution. By distribution, what I mean is getting an audience to come and see it. And if you're starting at zero, so this is me six years ago on Facebook. When I was starting at zero, I would post a piece of content and then I would go and find people in groups that were relevant to that content and I would start direct message conversations with them. It'd be like a half hour job, 45 minutes job, working through so many, not spamming them links, but saying, hey, I've written a piece of um, content about this. I know that you do that as well. I'm really interested in your opinion. Would you mind sharing it? Because you're an expert on this, to get people to gather around. That would, of course, re result in more people being shown the content. And then if anyone liked it or commented, I would then send them a message to say, thank you so much for, um, you know, engaging the content, how, how are you doing and things like that. And that's how I started building a following. But that's how I validated their decision to show up for it. And they in turn then bothered to show up again the next time. So you have to go get your audience. Other forms of distribution, some people use engagement pods. Some people will um, send a message to all of their friends and say, I've just posted this thing. A really good technique is if you've already got connections, a good example being on, on LinkedIn, you could go to a search, that's what I've done, is go to a search window on LinkedIn and search for a keyword. So for instance, social selling in this instance, um, against people, so connections, that are first connections of yours. Look for the little green dot, so who's online right now. And now what I've got is people with social selling as something they're interested in, who are directly connected to me and online right now. And I'll send them a message and say, hey, I've just posted this right now, John, what do you think? And you're that much more validated in doing so because you've already got a connection. It's like, you know, you're starting conversations. But don't spam people. You know, find a meaningful approach to getting getting your content in front of people. It's so interesting, this, about people talk about vanity metrics don't, that, that don't matter. Vanity metrics don't matter when you use them to decide how much self-worth you have. And you're, gonna, you're going to look at yourself in a positive light or a negative light based on how many views that piece of content gets. When you start doing that, it's a poisonous business. But when you use it, you know, with a bit more intention commercially, you can really do great things with it. It really does show you what types of content's really working. You know, live streaming is really trending down actually on LinkedIn for distribution compared with text only or images, for instance. So it's really worth thinking about that. Like those kind of numbers do matter quite a bit. Just want to shout out here. So Eva Pijuan, good to see you here. Um, Camson Anthony one. Chris, Chris Volper Art, good to see you as well. Boom Zai as well. Patwa Production, uh, Elizabethoi, uh, Columbian 33, PR Zemco, Top Notch 06 Player, <laughs> Selena Davis, and so many more. Thank you very much uh, for watching. I, I really, really appreciate you, you coming in here. Um, we're watching, which is, uh, if you're joining for the first time today, this is Startup Business Q&A uh, 200 and... Uh, 
29 it was, wasn't it? 229. And we're talking about social settings. If you have any questions on that, do jump in with it. Thank you for that, Patricia. I really appreciate it. Um, let's see what other ones we've got in here as well. Uh, Summer McAfee, happy Monday from Texas. Uh, Harvey, great points as always. If you're watching live right now, put into the comments hashtag team live and where you're watching from. And if you're watching uh, the replay, hashtag team replay, of course, and where you're watching from. Uh, thank you to Restream, the superstars, for uh, sponsoring the, uh, this uh, live show. I really, really appreciate it. They are the platform I'm using to stream live to Facebook and LinkedIn right now. If you want $10 for free as credit, <laughs> to, if you want to use Restream, so if you do any video recorded or live, you can use Restream for that. Uh, I'll pop it on, up on the screen right now. If you go to restream.io, that's the website, slash join, slash Richard Moore, you automatically get uh, given $10. There's no coupon code. You just go to that link, and that gives you $10 um, uh, as a kind of a thank you uh, for, for watching through me, if you like. Um, and those of you who aren't in the group already, on Facebook, we have the Entrepreneur Business Group. So this is my group I've been running for five years. Value Like This is in there every single day. There'll be a giveaway later this week. And often our, our giveaways are along the lines of money, like $50 to the best comment or wonderful books uh, that have been read and endorsed are given away. I, I give a lot, a lot of things away for free. And in the spirit of giving away things for free, uh, next uh, week, kind of in Christmas week or festive period week uh, for many, um, we will be having a big giveaway with Restream. So I'll be giving away some, uh, potentially even some merch, but certainly some free accounts for you, free pro accounts as well. Uh, so tune in for that next week. Same time every week, so it's 8 a.m. EST or 1 p.m. UK time. Uh, that'll be episode 230 uh, of, of the show. So thank you very much, uh, Restream, for, for, um, for sponsoring these uh, events. I really appreciate it. Um, let's just see if there's any more questions. If you have a question on social selling, do let me know. Uh, and Patricia Voidenberg is added. That's so awesome about this series. Always walk away learning something new. Thank you, Richard Moore. Leadership skills. I appreciate that. Uh, Ida Ryden, I hope you said your name wrong. What did you say about what was trending and not trending on LinkedIn now? So what I was saying there, uh, Ida, is that some types of content do better than others. And by do better, what I mean is the distribution of them. So how much uh, they are show, shown to people. So for instance, LinkedIn stories, it's okay. Like I get reasonably de decent distribution. Um, you know, I have, I have a few tens of thousands of followers, but even so I, I get okay distribution. And what I like about LinkedIn stories is it seems to be sending them a lot to second connections rather than just first, which is marvelous. It means I'm picking up new people. So if, you're, if you want to pick up new people in your network, LinkedIn stories are really effective for that, in my opinion. What things are trending down? So what things genuinely get poor distribution, get like poor eyeball, a uh, no, number of eyeballs? Articles, classically do and still kind of do, but it's worth doing them. Live streaming <laughs> uh, and video, in fact, at the moment, is, is quite suppressed, in fact. You get often rather weak engagement, uh, or rather a distribution and leading to weaker engagement. What's trending up is carousels. This is essentially, uh, this is the kind of the social media marketer term for a slide deck. And the slide deck is a PDF file. So, you know, like a, a, like a, like a PowerPoint, that is a PDF. You upload it in each of the slides. Um, an image with text works and text. 
specifically text only. The reason why the carousels and text only are tremendously good for distribution is one of the things that LinkedIn does now, to talking to LinkedIn, but actually this is the same as with YouTube, and I believe possibly same for Facebook, I'd be surprised if it isn't, is they monitor what's known as dwell time. Because look, if I, if I read your article and don't like it, that doesn't mean I didn't like it. It just means I didn't like, <laughs> technically. It didn't mean I, doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. And I mean, I read the whole thing and found it really stimulating, but some people just don't, they don't like stuff, they're lurkers. And so what they're doing is they're rewarding your ability to hold eyeballs on the screen. So dwell time is, you know, is your post or piece of content being looked at for more than what, three seconds or so? Is it staying on the screen? If someone's scrolling past, you don't get any results for that. But if it stays on the screen, which naturally maps to text only because you have to read it to understand, or a carousel with maybe five or six slides at least, when people, of course, are going through this kind of slide deck if it's exciting enough, and that keeps the content on the screen, that is that is something that is like a metric that LinkedIn takes uh, note of now. And as a result, what happens is that if it sees that people are spending time with it, it will open the gates to more eyeballs or more accounts seeing that post. Because of course, LinkedIn wants to send people content that they know people are gonna be stimulated by. So if, if, if it's seen that there's a load of interest manifesting as people spending time with that piece of content, well then it wants to send more people to, or more content to more people who, uh, you know, obviously are going to value something that holds their interest as opposed to something that well, isn't interesting. So it's forever testing. And it will always be saying to itself, like, well, how, how do we get um, people feeling interested? Well, whatever content seems to be holding people's gaze long enough, I will, uh, we, we, we will send, the, send them out that. So can you hold attention? If you can, that dwell time will translate to distribution. A great video will achieve that, but you tend to find text works best because in the main, people prefer to consume text than video. Because if they're at work as well, they're not gonna sit watching videos all day. And the reason why videos don't also work as well is because many people don't bother putting captions on. And it's something like 80, 80%, 85% of videos are watched without sound on. So if you don't do captions, firstly, that's not cool because of the people who can't hear and have a difficulty with that in the first place, that's not cool for them you know, that, that they deserve to be able to see your understand your content as well. But also, you're missing out because most people aren't listening to the audio anyway, so it makes sense to have captions. That's why I try and caption every video. Irritatingly, the uh, live stream captioning is kind of rubbish. But what, what the way I do is I have a team that takes every live stream. This is a good social selling technique, is that they take the live stream, break it down to get the best clips, and that's the videos you see released throughout the week and they will have captions. So the bits that matter, the best bits, if you like, the highlights is the word, um, have captions and that they're reposted so that people who are hard of hearing or who aren't gonna watch video with the sound on, they get to still consume some of this as well. Um, really, really uh, hopeful, hopefully that, that helped you, uh, Ida. Thanks very much for surfing back for that on us. Uh, Richard Playfair has asked, or has written, I, Think I have a lot of lurkers here on LinkedIn. You have a lot of value in my post, but maybe too much since I rarely get engagement from my connections who are also my target audience. Am I giving away too much? No, you're not. You're simply not. There's no such thing as giving away too much. The more you give, the more people 
view you as an interesting, stimulating person. What's crucial is you think about the sophistication of the prospects you're trying to target, Richard. So are you looking for higher thinking, intelligent people who are a bit more evolved, who are a bit more sophisticated and aware of what you do? If so, we'll then speak on their level. Don't be too basic. If I want to attract like quality marketers, I'm not going to do posts that say, what's your why? Like I've just discovered Simon Sinek's golden circle speech, because that's the most basic marketing post you could ever put out there. And most marketers will roll their eyes, go, oh, here we go. This person's on this first day, obviously. So don't do things like that. Don't do like my, you know, like, like the ABC of whatever it is you do. If you want slightly more evolved prospects, you need to speak to them on a higher level. Be a bit more technical if that's what they're going to appreciate. If you speak like engage people on a much lower level of uh, cerebrally speaking, then you maybe you aren't going to stimulate the right kind of people to hang around. But don't give away to uh, rather you should give away everything because it doesn't mean that they don't need you. What they're seeing is a greater, wider, higher level of thinking about the subject, and they'll probably want to consume more. It may be that you just repackage everything you've, you've explained in for free as some kind of a service and, in fact, sell it. And what they're buying there is the convenience of consuming this valuable um, uh, content, but through you in a really focused, taught way. Rather than sitting watching all of your videos or, or reading your posts, they are they're maybe going to buy it in a more compact, well-packaged way. So uh, there's nothing wrong with giving away everything. Um, and the other thing I must say on this point of lurkers is buyers are lurkers. Like The more senior you go in decision making, this is very much speaking business to business, the more people lurk. More people on all platforms do not engage than do. Simple. LinkedIn is a really good example of a platform where culturally the thing you do is you don't engage. Culturally, you lurk and you just look. So you tend to find that if you look at a place like LinkedIn, if you're doing content, you know, marketing in the, in the, the, the classic marketing kind of way, you get all the people who love commenting, who are probably fellow marketers. They're the ones who are showing up doing that. But it's fine for them to, to comment because that helps drive the distribution. It's the people in the background who are lurking and watching who tend to be a bit quiet who are, the, who are the buyers, but human curiosity, here's your hack for how to deal with it, Richard. Human curiosity gets the better of everyone. If you're stimulating enough, those lurkers will still go check out your profile because they're human, right? So make sure that one of the places you check in isn't just your inbox. They're the best ones and they're the rarest ones in terms of prospects. Check the comments, sure. Check the likes, sure. But even better is go and check the profile views. Who's looked at your profile? And those people are often the lurkers who aren't showing up and putting their hand up going, hey, this is interesting. They're the ones just observing and they're adding to that view count, but very little else. So that they will check out your profile and then you can grab them there instead. Chuck them a DM. Thanks so much for checking out the profile. I hope you're well. Anything of interest, catch your eye and, and then take it from there, you see. So um, so there is value in, in looking at the profile views because buyers tend to be not very bold. And buyers tend to be lurkers, I think. It's a, it's a really good thing to be aware of. Um, really good uh, comment. Thanks so much for that, uh, Richard. Let's draw a line there. I really enjoyed this one. It's just good to give a commentary on it, I believe. If you have any other questions, let me know, and I'll be around a bit later on to check them out in the comments. Thank you, everyone, watching on IGTV in the replay. Thank you also for watching live 
on Instagram. Thank you very much for listening on the podcast, available all of the back episodes on uh, iTunes, Spotify, and all the rest of it. Uh, thank you for you watching on LinkedIn and Facebook and live on Instagram as well. Take care, everyone. I'll see you soon. Have a wonderful, wonderful Monday.